It's Thursday, April the 30th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, America's economy pounded and hope for an antiviral drug. First, the world in brief. Coronavirus-enforced lockdowns in March clobbered American GDP figures for the first quarter. The economy contracted at an annualized rate of 4.8%, the steepest fall since 2008. The April to June quarter will probably be worse. Before the pandemic, GDP had been expected to grow by about 2% this year. The Federal Reserve said it will keep interest rates at near zero for the foreseeable future. Gilead Sciences, an American drug maker, reported positive results from a key trial of its experimental antiviral drug Remdesivir. Preliminary results from an American government trial showed that patients given the drug had a 31% faster recovery time than those who received a placebo. Anthony Fauci, America's senior infectious diseases expert, described the finding as really quite important. A separate peer-reviewed study published in The Lancet, however, found the drug had no positive effect. The start of big tech's earnings season brought cheer for investors. Microsoft reported quarterly net income of $10.8 billion, up 22% on last year, as locked-down customers spent more time on its video conferencing app and playing on their Xboxes. Facebook, meanwhile, doubled its net income to $4.9 billion. Both firms' share prices rose. Apple and Amazon report their financials later today. A row between Australia and China over the origins of the new coronavirus escalated. Scott Morrison, Australia's Prime Minister, repeated his demand for an independent global inquiry into the pandemic. It is widely thought to have started in a wet market in Wuhan. China accused him of trying to make political manoeuvres and threatened boycotts of Australian goods and services. Japan looks likely to extend its nationwide state of emergency, which is due to end on May 6th until the end of May or early June. Elsewhere in Asia, the COVID-19 picture looks rosier. South Korea and Hong Kong both reported no new cases of domestic transmission yesterday. China's Forbidden City will partially reopen tomorrow, albeit with temperature checks and social distancing measures in place. Brazil recorded over 6,000 new COVID-19 cases, its biggest daily jump yet, as fears grew that the disease could run out of control there. When asked about his country's rising death toll, President Jair Bolsonaro, who is sceptical about the pandemic's severity, replied, So what? And what do you want me to do? And in Peru, nine inmates were killed in a riot after the death of two prisoners from COVID-19. Around 60 prison guards were wounded. The violence at the Miguel Castro Castro jail in Lima followed protests at other prisons in the country about the lack of precautions against the coronavirus. And now, here's today's agenda. Deep Dive, the Euro Area's Economy. The pandemic has plunged the currency area into its deepest downturn yet. First quarter GDP figures due today will reveal the economic effects of the early weeks of lockdown. Economists think output may have fallen by more than 3% compared with the final quarter of 2019. Expect the figures to be poured over at the European Central Bank's monetary policy meeting today, the first since the ECB launched a €750 billion, $815 billion bond-buying scheme in March in order to stop lending and spending seizing up. 
Because of the huge shock to the economy and continuing lockdowns, some economists think the scheme will have to be enlarged in coming months. Much depends, too, on whether governments spend more. The European Commission is concocting a proposal for an EU-wide recovery fund, but its size and financing will be hotly debated by ministers. For now, the job of rescuing the economy falls to the ECB. Never let a crisis go to waste. Amazon. It is no surprise that Amazon is faring well in the pandemic. Its share price has risen by around 40% since mid-March. Revenue in the first quarter announced today may top $73 billion, higher than expected before the crisis. To locked-down customers, its packages have become indispensable. But this may not shelter Amazon from rumbling discontent. More of its staff are trying to unionize and authorities are watching it closely. Recently, a French court ordered Amazon to ship only essential goods until it could show that workers were properly protected from COVID-19. Employees at more than 130 American warehouses have contracted the disease, according to United for Respect, a workers' rights group. Neither is Amazon financially immune. Overtime pay and higher wages have increased costs. Product shortages and shipping delays are cropping up as suppliers succumb to the pandemic. But with demand so far holding up in Amazon's core markets, profits are unlikely to slip soon. Double whammy, Apple's results. The release of Apple's quarterly financial results today should confirm that, of the biggest tech firms, it is being hit hardest by the pandemic. In January, the virus disrupted its supply chain in China, where most of its devices are assembled. Now, Apple has to deal with lower demand for them in America and Europe. Before the crisis, analysts had projected revenues of around $65 billion. The latest consensus is around $10 billion lower. Earnings per share are expected to be down too. The company has already released a cheaper version of the iPhone and will ramp up production for new expensive models to be introduced in September, later than first planned. Apple surely hopes that demand picks up in time for the crucial holiday season. But whether many people will still need a pricey new iPhone by then, let alone be able to afford one, will depend on the extent of economic recovery. Testing Times, Britain and the Virus Matt Hancock, Britain's health secretary, will today find out whether the government has hit a self-imposed target to conduct 100,000 tests per day for the coronavirus. It is likely to fall short. Figures released on Wednesday afternoon showed that on April 28th, 52,429 tests were carried out. Laboratory capacity stands at 73,000 per day. The target is partly a way to restore political pride amid accusations that the government has botched the crisis. Britain lags behind peers such as Germany and South Korea in testing, struggling to cover even public health workers. Mr Hancock blamed the lack of a domestic diagnostics industry for the slow start. Britain is now operating three large laboratories and drive-through testing centres have been set up. The armed forces are testing the most vulnerable too. A comprehensive programme is vital if Britain is to unwind its lockdown. So far, the government is failing its own test. Flying Blind, Virgin Australia The bankrupt airline faces its creditors for the first time today. It owes them 6.8 billion Australian dollars, 4.4 billion US dollars. 
The carrier, which had already recorded seven years of losses, had hoped for an emergency loan from the Australian government after COVID-19 and the ensuing collapse of the travel industry drove it to insolvency. Negotiations failed, however, forcing the firm to enter administration last week. All hopes now are on Deloitte, the world's largest accountancy firm and Virgin Australia's administrator, to find a buyer. Oak Tree Capital Management and Apollo Global Management, two American private equity investors, are reportedly interested. Should Deloitte prove unsuccessful, it will have to liquidate the airline. Australian travellers should hope that it survives, not least for the sake of their wallets. Without Virgin Australia, the country's domestic aviation market would be reduced from a duopoly to a near monopoly dominated by its chief rival, Qantas Airways. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Ludwig Wittgenstein, who died yesterday in 1951. The limits of my language mean the limits of my world. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.